Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the fight over policing in Surrey, the never-ending saga here. So we've got Mike Farnworth yesterday dropping the hammer, the hammer. again. The ha- well, this again, one was right? a hammer. This is the hammer because, you know, all along, right from day one, asking Mike Farnworth about the Police Act powers that he has. And it wasn't entirely clear to me ever that there was automatic power to do what he was doing, because the police act doesn't specifically recommend or give a roadmap to a minister to say, oh, you know, yes, you're responsible for ensuring there's adequate policing, but it doesn't go further than that. Like, say, you don't think there is adequate policing? What do you do about it? So they came up with a solution themselves. Force them to do it. Yes. Now the legislation yesterday has a roadmap, Mm. several sections that pertain to not only – the Surrey dispute, but as you and I talked the previous days, it does uh, affect other municipalities who want to change police forces. The ministry yeah. has to get involved. Information has to be ready. But also there's a section seven and eight all about Surrey. Mm. <laughs> and that's it's just Surrey specific. And there's several clauses in here, several amendments that are directly impacting giving the minister very clear power to decide what to do with Surrey. And then also as an added hammer, I suppose, uh, Section 8 adds on, we can get rid of the police board oh. and put in an administrator wow. if that's what we want. Gee. So that's I think there were two hammers there. Okay, so this would effectively, the province, force the city of Surrey to continue with the transition to the Surrey Police Service despite the wishes of the mayor, despite the wishes of the majority on council. They want to keep the RCMP. So let's listen to the exchange here yesterday. So you're going to hear... Mike Farnworth, the public safety minister here, bringing the hammer down on Surrey. Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke, here's what she had to say about it yesterday as well. Let's listen. The province has made a decision, um, and it's time for us to move forward. It's time to stop the delays, and it's time to get on to moving towards the Surrey Police Service. I'm going to be really clear. The city of Surrey has made a position. We're not uh, changing that position. Okay, well, they've both made a decision here. Opposite decision. Decision's been um, position has been changed for them because now, if they ever get this judicial review request in front of a judge, yeah. the judge is going to be sitting there. These amendments that were introduced yesterday, they go to second reading today. Yeah, this is being not rushed to the house, but it's going to get through the house pretty quick, and it's going to pass. People think, oh, a bill might not pass. No, a bill always passes. Well, they've got a majority. Gonna, yeah, big majority. Yeah. There's no question. So this bill will pass in a law. By the end of uh, this month or November, before a judge hears the judicial review. So when the judicial review gets in front of the judge, the judge is going to have these amendments now as part of the legislation, which makes it very clear the minister has A, B, C, D, and E powers to do what they want regarding Siri. So, I don't know, Brenda and Locke seemed a little wind taken out of the sails yesterday, watching a news conference saying they're going to consult with the legal you know, advisors, which, of course, is what they got to do. But I don't see what Surrey's next play is. Well, their next play is to go to court, isn't it? Well, that's, that's, that's what they're what, saying they're doing. That's what they've already announced they're going to do. I mean, yeah. other than that, 
which again is just a judicial review. But don't they have a fairly powerful argument that maybe could, I guess it could depend on what judge you draw in a case, but if you put this in front of a judge and say, look, this is municipal jurisdiction, we have decided this, we ran an election campaign on this, promising to keep the RCMP. Municipalities, judges rule before, municipalities don't have power over provincial governments. It's precisely the opposite. Oh. Municipalities are, are creatures of the provincial government by and large. Yeah. Um, so this, I think there was, I think the, in the, the introduction of these amendments yesterday was an indication that perhaps the government didn't think it was entirely sound legal ground with the previous police act language, which hadn't been changed in years. It just simply said the, the minister has to ensure there's proper levels of policing in municipalities, but it didn't give that, well, what happens if he doesn't think that? Yeah. And now the they put some teeth into it now. Now the leg- exactly yeah. the legislation yeah. now is much clearer than it was before. Yeah, okay. much clearer. Okay. And what about Surrey taxpayers? This well, is gonna that, ca- they're stuck in the middle here. And the judge isn't going to pay any attention to that. I don't think. I mean, they, that the tax dollars. Are well, I'm sure. I'm sure Surrey will argue that this is costing us a fortune here. That they're they're forcing us to do this. Judges don't get involved in taxation measures like no. that. I mean, it's a fine goal. Municipalities can raise taxes or they can cut services. The, the other argument that the city of Surrey is going to make, if this gets in front of a judge, is they're going to say that the province has not made the case that the public safety is at risk here, that the RCMP have been policing the city since 1950, and there, there really haven't been any problems. They've got adequate policing in Surrey. Again, the amendments yesterday go further than that. Yeah. So, again, I invite people to read the bill yesterday. It is, I think it's 27 pages or something. Unless that's the maybe that's the other bill that was introduced yesterday. It was a blizzard of legislation, that <laughs> yeah. was a short-term rental bill. But there's yeah, there's actually it's not 27, but it's several pages of amendments uh, that are very explicitly worded in very strong language that weren't there before. So you think Farnworth is going to win this fight eventually here? Every legal advisor I've talked to says it's be, they'd be shocked if a judge were to take the amendments introduced yesterday and say this doesn't cut it. Yeah. So the province what, has the hammer here. I think that's why the province brought it in, because I yeah. think they, it was an indication perhaps the language in the, in the existing language in the police act wasn't clear enough. Right. That wasn't strong enough to give the, 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 uh, the minister the, not only the power to ensure there's adequate policing, but what to do if he didn't think it was adequate policing. So this is an unprecedented situation. We never had a, you know, a no. situation like this. And yeah. so I don't think the Police Act anticipated something like this happening. And now the Police Act does do that. Okay, let's talk about the Airbnb crackdown there you mentioned. So let's listen to Premier David Eby. You'll also hear the housing minister here, Ravi Kalon, the government bringing the, another hammer down yesterday, this one on Airbnb and other short-term rentals. Let's listen. We have seen a 20% increase in the number of short-term rental listings in British Columbia in the last year alone to an all-time high of about 28,000 listings. Lot, eh? If hosts are not playing by the rules, this legislation will require platforms to take down those listings. Your thoughts? Well, I thought you were the BC United critic, Karen uh, Kirkpatrick. Kirkpatrick, you had on just, just before me, I thought raised some very good, very good points. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, it's already, there's an, I think 30 municipalities already have bylaws that say you can't do this. And they're unenforceable. Now the fines have been increased to give the municipalities a little more incentive to go after people. A fine from $1,000 a day to $3,000 a day for regional districts to come in with a $50,000 penalty. But again, if these uh, things were against the law before, are they more against the law now? Um, (laughs) So it's unclear how this is going to be enforced. The other one, and we addressed this uh, yesterday in our coverage, was, okay, um, there's a reason Airbnbs are popular particularly in places like Vancouver, because he can't get a hotel room. Or 
you can't get a cheap hotel room. Yeah. You want to get a hotel. I remember when the Union of East Municipalities conference was in September, talking to de- delegates here in Victoria uh, who were going, and they couldn't believe they were paying $950 a night for what? a hotel room near the airport. Holy they couldn't. I, I looked to, to go over for some personal business. I couldn't find a hotel room for less than $600 Whoa. a night. So you start doing the math on that. Um, so 200 a night on Airbnb. That's a bargain. It's a bargain. <laughs> right. And so th- there is a market demand there that's being yeah. filled by these. So, uh, so if you take those out of the marketplace, what does that do to the existing hotel situation? David Ebu was asked about that yesterday. He says the expectation is the hotels will create more space. Well, that's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Like where is that going to happen? So I think that Vancouver is a unique situation there with, with this um, disappearing Airbnbs. The other thing that didn't get a lot of coverage in a lot of the media I looked at what defines short term? A lot of people, I think, probably think, oh, it's one or two, three weeks, maybe a month. It's three months. Three months or less is defined as short term. So you I can't rent out your place for less than three months. Yeah. Um, now, not your place. You can do it in your own home yeah. or your own secondary suite or your basement suite. It's your secondary property. Yes. So it's not your home anymore. It's your, you can't do it in your investment property. But um, 90 days strikes me as probably not a lot of people's definition of short term. What if you have someone who's like a construction worker on a job site for two months and they yeah, want to rent or, your place out? Or, uh, you know, a three-month course you're taking. Yeah, um, stu- like a student. A student. Yeah. You know, we rent One out semester. Our, our basement suite um, for six, seven months to a student. Yeah. You know, um, have you ever have you ever stayed in an Airbnb yeah. yourself? Okay, so have our our family have done Airbnb vacations, right? And EB at one point said yesterday, "Yeah, sure, I've stayed in Airbnb with my family on vacays in the past, yeah. and we've we've enjoyed it." Do you think that's hypocritical? Like some people are saying, like, "Oh, he's a hypocrite. He uses Airbnb, but now he wants to tell everybody you can't use it here." I don't know about that. I mean, it depends where you say. Not every place has the housing crisis that Vancouver has. Yeah. Like not every place needs to ban Airbnbs because you can still stay in an affordable hotel in many U.S. cities. Yeah. But Vancouver seems to be this, you know, um, housing crisis, rental crisis, and now seems to be a hotel room crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And you put those three together. So, again, yesterday, it's interesting. The fines, $3,000, but I wonder, you know, they thought $1,000 a day was just a lot of owners saying, well, that's the price of doing business. I can make more money on that. <laughs> well, they're not going to They're not gonna do it anyway because well, they've got no enforcement of it. So they've got this, com- the other thing established yesterday, and we haven't seen any details, is this enforcement and compliance board that's being set up. Or they're going to force Airbnb to disclose information. Yeah, and but this other compliance board is going to track uh, other places are going to have to be a registry, and they're going to yeah. track people. But, that's but I wonder if new black market sort of apps start popping up. Yeah. Or, you know, Corinne Kirkpatrick said to me, the BC United MLA, well, people start maybe trying to rent their place out on Craigslist or somewhere else. You know? Yeah, no, I, I think she raises some good points. I still think there's a lot of loopholes in this thing. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com.
Baldry's beat full phone board. Malcolm in East Van. Hi, Malcolm. Go ahead. Good morning to the two gentlemen in the home of the newlywed and nearly dead. Um, what about the the protection of landlords, whereby they have made it so hard for them to increase their fee? And the, everyone's talked about it. You know, you've got your taxes increase, your waters increase, everything's increased, and then you get tenants who just absolutely trash apartments or houses, and then they move on to the next one and the next one and the next one. It's so gilded to one side that uh, it, I can understand why owners go, I'm throwing my hand up. I'm not, I don't want tenants anymore. This is a lot easier. My yeah. place gets cleaned, and it's nice and pristine all the time, and the value's still there. Sure, sure. Your thoughts? Well, I think <clears throat> just anecdotally, you run just as big a risk of getting bad tenants if you do Airbnb. Probably. We've had all sorts of stories over the years of, of horror stories associated with short-term rentals. But at least they leave. They leave your place. We don't have a lot of stories of people leaving, living for in a place for two years and then trashing the place. That doesn't yeah. seem to happen with the same frequent frequency. Is probably the wrong word, but it seems but, to have get more news coverage on the short term than those on long term. Malcolm, thank you for the call. Tenants, tenants don't trash places. There are bad. Tenants some of them do. Sure. Oh, some of them do, but what? One percent, two percent. Well, here's the other thing, and maybe a bigger factor I is tenants a bad name. I mean, no, there's so many people out there. Who are good tenants, sure. and they cannot afford to buy a house. And to give the stereotype for some people, say, "Oh, tenants just trash place." That's completely unfair. Well, I, I think it's more. I think a bigger factor is the input cost to run a to run a place. So you and know, those are rising. Right, right, property taxes, insurance, repairs, mortgage rates. It's all gone up, right? None of that is capped. No. The rent is capped. Yeah. So a lot of landlords are saying, hang on, this, these rent caps have been in place now for years. Landlords also run into this pickle that if you raise the rent too much, you price yourself out of the market. Uh, who can afford to pay $3,000 for a one-bedroom apartment? Well, somebody must be able to afford it because that's what the going rate is in Vancouver. Some of them. But yeah. again, landlords are talking about raising even further than that. And yeah. that's where I think you hit the, the, you lose the sweet spot. And mm. so many people are not going to be able to afford that. That's why people live in vans. Let's go to Brian in Coquitlam. Hi, Brian. Go ahead. Hey, Mike. Very similar uh, comment to what the previous guy had. What I was going to say is as long as we have all these rules for, for renting out your suite and it takes months to kick someone out, like the amount of time it takes to go through RTO to kick someone out, landlords are going to gravitate towards the easy thing, which is Airbnb. And if there's so many rules on both of them, they'll just take their places <clears> off the market. They won't. But it should be, but it should be difficult to kick someone out, shouldn't it? No, it should be uh, difficult to kick someone out if it's wrong. The problem is that's it right. takes you three months to get your hearing to kick someone out. That's where the problem is. If the, oh. the, the, I'm not talking about changing the rules on how to kick someone out, like the evidence that you present, stuff like that. You still have to have a valid reason to kick someone out. But if you have to wait three months... The backlog. Your hearing, so you're talking about the backlog yeah, to get a hearing. Backlog. Okay. Backlog. Yeah, okay. Because they Thank don't you. pay rent all for those months. Well, oh, okay. Rent. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, no, to be sure, um, I'm a landlord. There's, you know, landlords have some legitimate gripes and beefs when it comes to bad tenants. There's no question. Well, my earlier comment, I think bad tenants are the tiny minority compared to overall tenants. But, you know, it is it is difficult for landlords to deal with some bad situations. Well, it should be difficult to kick someone out, though. It should be. Because in this market, you can see there's an obvious incentive to well, get rid of someone because then you can jack the rent up as much as you want to yeah, the next person. There's been steps taken to prevent that from happening, but I've had yeah. just family personal experience of, of someone being allowed to rent a place for eight months and being told, that's it, now your rent's doubling. If you don't yeah. like it, move. Yeah. And that's been something that's been exploited. Tim and Cam Loops. Hi, Tim, go ahead. 
Yeah, you guys um, have been around long enough to realize the history of this. It depends on which political party's in. When the Socreds and Liberals were in, they cut a lot of things, and people would accuse them of being in favor of the landlords and cutting residential tenancy branch offices in parts of British Columbia. When the NDP were in, they then put them back in. And mm-hmm. one of the things I think is very interesting with the right of center, I think it's a municipal example, when Hector Bremner of the NPA suggested about making multi-zones in places like Shaughnessy and Caresdale, his party had a heart attack and they kicked them out. So this is a historical thing. This is nothing new. And if the private sector doesn't want to build houses, then you're going to have to rely on government, that socialist government. Thanks. Thanks for the call. 30 seconds. Political shorthand is, yeah, the NDP is the tenants party. Sure. And the United is the developers party. Right. Or the Socrats. Yeah. That goes back years. Forty years ago this month, or this year, back in July of 1983, the Socrates government of the day got rid of the rentalsman's office, which was a huge, huge thing, which helped lead to the solidarity protest. So, and the NDP brought it back. <clears throat>